Welcome to Elevated Insights, the podcast that takes you on a journey of personal growth. Join us each week as we explore how to overcome challenges, embrace opportunities, and transform your life. I'm your host, Val Hunting, and each week I speak with Angie Tumlinson, the thought leader and CEO of Elevate You Institute. Angie Tumlinson is a master of the transformative process and brings a fresh perspective to the outdated coaching paradigm. We hope you enjoy this podcast and look forward to exploring many opportunities and ideas with you. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Elevated Insights with Angie Tumlinson. I'm your host, Val Hunting. Good morning, Angie. Good morning. <laughs> uh, How are so you? I am really well. Thank you. How about yourself? Good. It's, um, you know, today, uh, today is a big day for us because um, my father-in-law passed away and he lived with us for eight years or we cared, we did caretaking for him for eight years and anyhow, he passed away. And so <clears throat> today is the funeral. So interesting how our topic today is hit it. What's our topic? Self-care. There we go. <laughs> and when we think normally self-care, you know, there's a whole bunch of what I like to call rocks and moss or smells and bells. That's sort of, uh, <laughs> or as you like to say, uh, rainbow hearts and unicorn farts. Um, yes. <laughs> this is not the sort of, of self-care that we're talking about. We're not talking about baths and yoga today. That's not what the topic is. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, kick it off, Angie. Let's. Uh, well, I think that there's some layers in self-care. You know, yes. I don't think it's... Um, you know, one of the great things I learned from you, one oh. of the many great things that I learned from you is um, you helped me with an idea as I was putting together a project, uh, because you are a fantastic project manager, but you helped me understand people, process, and technology. And that was a game changer for me in my life in so many areas. And, wow. you know, you can think of so funny how things show up in threes, the yes. holy trinity of threes. But anyhow, um, one of the things that I realize when self-care has not been done for myself is it shows up in the trifecta of my life of I can see it in my house if I'm messy or not. Yes. The organization of my house. I can see it in my bank account, how my money oh, is doing. Oh, yes. And I can see it in my body with what I'm eating. So those are the yes. trifectas for me. My sister and I talk about the trifecta. And um, what is self-care about that? And I can tell you for me, self-care has been a lot of shooting. Oh you my gosh. Good. Yes. And you yes. should do that. <laughs> um, and so the trifecta, you know, you should be taking care of your house better. You should be eating better and you should be, um, be uh, managing your money better. Yes. And uh, I remember my mother uh, telling me when I was really, my trifecta moment was happening, the pinnacle of it. And my mother kept saying, you just need to uh, budget yourself better. You, you're yeah. overspending. You just need to budget. Not once did my mother say, go make more income. <laughs> <laughs> Which, and I think, uh, yeah, that's, that's so common, eh? Like it's, it's, it's that mindset of it's not possible 
to, you know, expand in the area of income, that's not possible for you. And so it's, it's, again, this restriction, this pulling back um, idea, which we've talked about before, but yeah. Yeah. And the idea of, uh, so in the money department for myself, what would happen if I could make more? So there's one, there's one thing before we start that, uh, I had to build a belief around it so that my faith could develop. And that was the idea is that we are made for expansion and fuller expression. Absolutely. We're constantly in a state of evolving from, um, an expanded idea and to fully express it. And you can't experience what you cannot express. That that was really that's huge for me. Yeah. You can't can we say that again? Because I think I think like that's a big, big thing. Say it again. <laughs> we're for expansion and fuller expression. We're designed for that. We're we're designed from the time we come here to learn to get uh, control of our of our body. That's one of the first things, you know, you can't uh, reason with a baby to turn over. It's, mm-hmm. it's within them to want to turn over. You can't tell them a reason with them to get out of the crib or to start walking or crawling. That is within them. It's a nature within us to expand, to want more. And the suppression of staying in your little box as we get older, um, is really, I think, the thing that uh, hinders us and is not self-care. <clears throat> and so we were just, I've been reading um, Neville Goddard in my Rise and Shine group. It's a, it's a, every morning I do this reading group I have for several years. And it's just 6 a.m. in the morning for me on Pacific Standard Time for half an hour. And then yeah, we're reading Neville Goddard's book, um, Feeling is a Secret. And we got to the point of sleep, uh, reading about sleep and how, Sleep is your ability to um, go and have your conscious and your subconscious mind meet as lovers do at night. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, so good. And so my thought is, is when you go to sleep at night, what is the conscious thought you have? Do you have some kind of, you know, uh, you know, when you go to sleep at night, does your lover, which is your conscious mind, are you going to bed as a home wrecker and somebody who's robbing and pillaging, you know, everything <laughs> by worrying about things? And that's how you meet, you know, the female part of yourself, which is a subconscious. The subconscious never sleeps. The conscious mind does. And so, um, well, the conscious mind doesn't sleep, but it no longer is active with the senses, what you can see, hear, smell, taste, and touch. When you go to sleep at night, that part of yourself gets shut off. And so what your conscious mind is deciding is what the experience with the lover at night is going to be. And this is a big part. Yeah, this is a big part, I think, of self-care is how are you allowing your expansion and fuller expression to happen without the interruption of the outside world? And this Ooh. is this is really quite amazing. And there's another really great book that uh, I wrote, or not wrote, I read um, many times over um, by Robert Collier, Secret of the Ages. And in there, he talks about your little brownies. And I don't mean the brownies you eat, but these little little uh, helpers, these little elves at night that can help you. 
because you go to bed at night before you go to bed, what are you drifting off to sleep with? Are you drifting off with negative ideas or, you know, worried about bills or whatever? And is that how you want to meet your lover? I don't know about you, but if you're ever going to meet your lover, you don't want to talk about bills. You know, you don't want to. <laughs> that's wanna, an instant mood killer. That's definitely. Instant mood killer. <laughs> uh, or you don't want to talk about a fight that you had with somebody that day. You know, you don't want to do that. You don't want to. You don't want to yeah. do those things. And we're so not careful with our self-care of the strength of our conscious and our subconscious mind coming together to have our expansion. Yeah. You know, I, people I, will, oh, I love this idea. Yeah. Yeah. People I will spend it. hours, hours during the day trying to get into a meditative state of doing all kinds of stuff with their senses intact. And it's like squirrel. You know, as soon as you hear or see something, your attention leaves you. And yet we won't do the biggest self-care gift we've ever been given, which is when you go to bed at night, what are you thinking about? Yeah. And what are you meeting with yourself in your expansion about? Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's a, and I I also think that there's, um, uh, there's a, there's an attitude too that, you know, we have control over how the mind works. And so, um, you know, this idea of more discipline, this and that is going to bring us a more controlled state, right? When naturally, Mm -hmm. our natural want is to uh, flee discomfort and seek pleasure. Like that's, that's all that we want to do. And the monkey mind, all that sort of thing. And the whole idea is, um, you know, when, when, when we do feel like we need to bring, and I'm just going to put in quotes, discipline into these areas of our lives, it's not about um, the traditional discipline that we think. It's it's actually, again, calling in that future image of yourself, like how am I going to feel mm-hmm. if I do thus and so that will you know bring me into this state? And I think, can you hear those sirens? There's like I, sirens. Wow, what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> <laughs> I live downtown Toronto between a uh, fire station, police station, and a hospital. It sounds like a war zone every day. In fact, I have to tell this hilarious story, uh, and then we'll get back to the topic, and I do want to leave this in. So last weekend, I was doing my bike ride, right? I wake up early in the morning to prepare. Mike is with me. He comes into the kitchen. He's like, what are those noises you're making? I'm like, what? I'm not making any noise. And w- what it was was birds chirping and it was waking him up and he's like oh it's nature he goes, i'm not used to nature i'm used to woo 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 ah, you know like <laughs> people yelling you know we have a lot of uh mentally disturbed we live in you know an area where there's a lot of drugs yeah. etc it's it's a nice part of town i'm gonna yeah. say <laughs> but yeah he was like nature woke him up he couldn't he was just which i thought was hilarious but anyway so yes you'll hear the sirens <laughs> it is it is really amazing you know when you think about if you're programmed that sirens and all of that and that's going on all through the night imagine that interruptive energy you know you think yeah. about the interruptive <laughs> energy of of the idea it's funny. I live in a very, very, very peaceful place. Like, yes, you there do. are no sirens. <laughs> only Mike sirens. wouldn't be able to sleep. He'd be like, is that a deer moving? What's happening? 
<laughs> I love at night, one of my favorite things to do, and I have lots of areas to go and sit and contemplate. Um, yeah. To look out over the, the, the lake and to look at the beautiful hills. And um, it's so amazing. We were sitting out and there was, there was a deer that was late at night and the deer came up and it was just, you know, it was, it's coming up and eating all of my um, flowers, by the way, we love this mama deer, but she's destroying everything that I find beautiful. She loves yes. it. It's like a salad bar for her, but, um, it, which is self-care for her. But anyway, um, we were sitting there and I thought about the idea. I grew up with a scripture. You and I grew up with a scripture. Um, as a deer panteth for water, so my soul longeth for thee. Yes. And so many times we cannot get still to ask ourselves, what do we want? Yeah. And that's a big part of self-care. And I think the beginning or as you call it, the discipline is the best kind of self-care I think you can do that doesn't cost money, that doesn't have anybody disturbing your senses is really sleep to be able to yes. get the conscious and the subconscious mind together is in the idea of sleep. And yet, we'll go and we'll, we'll have people take us through guided meditations where our senses are interrupted by things. And yet we have this truly this amazing, amazing self care gift of sleep and yeah. letting the conscious and the subconscious mind come together. The conscious mind is likened uh, to the masculine energy of moving forward. That's our intellect. Yes. Our intellect can move yeah. it forward. And then the subconscious is like the female in receivership. And she receives the, the conscious, the male receives the male. And then the idea together impregnates ideas mm -hmm. together. And yeah. so this habit of doing this at night or you can call it discipline, but I, you know, the habit is people don't tap into this beautiful free gift. Mm. It, it's been given to you freely uh, yeah. and we don't utilize it. And we let other messages all day long come and impregnate our subconscious mind because we don't ask ourselves, what would I love? What would, what do I yes. want? And it's, um, I, I just, I think we're so concerned with what other people think or what other people think success is or what other people think love is that we don't even ask ourselves what it is. And really you have within you in your subconscious mind, the good, the bad, the ugly, the wonderful, it's all there. And it's all relative to, first of all, I want to say this, everything in the world is good. Now, I know we're going to have some people in there going, but Angie, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm going to say, yes, we have evolved out of that. But at one point in our life, it was good until we became aware. Yeah. And so everything in creation is good, but composites that we put together, ideas that we begin to formulating, we have found that in the end result, it doesn't get us what we want. So that would be negative idea. So what I mean by negative idea is whatever it is that you want, anything coming in that doesn't give you that is negative towards your idea. It's not That's negative right. in nature. It's just negative to where you're evolving to. 
So exactly. is a crib negative? A crib for a baby? No, a crib's no. really great for a baby. But when you get to age four, five, six, when you want freedom, a crib is yeah. negative. So yeah. is a crib positive or negative then? Well, it's neither. It's, it's neither. It's just yeah. relative to where you are at the moment. So some of the ideas in our expansion, we don't need to look at them as those are bad. We just need to be able to say towards where I want to go, that's not helpful. Agreed. Agreed. And I I think again, you know, and this is a common theme I talk about because it's, to me, it is really worrying is, you know, the, the online presence, you know, it is so, so polarized, you know, it's, um, and very much into this is good. This is bad. You are good. You are bad. And, um, it's increasingly disturbing, um, because, it's not, it's not fostering that, um, what you're saying, like some things are neither good or bad. They just are, you know, and people they have lost are. the ability to discern that. And they're really hanging on to these things. And then, and then worse off, you know, they're not even asking the question, you know, what do I want in my life? How do I want to be? Yeah. What is that version of myself and using their mind to, to get that. And we're so, um, I think this, why this work, you know, what you do is so, so critical. And, you know, if, if we could have a billion people sign up for your classes, that'd be amazing. (laughs) We could change the world like that, you know? And I think that's the thing is that, um, we can change the outcome of anything that's happening, but you have to get out of this madness of, um, you know, um, you know, training your mind, on, on what you want to focus on that you've identified for yourself. And an untrained mind is just going to blow in the wind. It's just going to go mm-hmm. wherever the masses or wherever, wherever it wants. It's, it's just like a petulant child, you know, mm-hmm. like having yeah. tantrums, you know, it's, that's kind of how I think about it. And self-care in the way that you're discussing, I think is the, is the foundational step to, is, yeah. to getting hold of that, vicious cycle and saying it ends here. Like I'm going to pay attention to what I want. I'm going to pay attention to things that are coming into my life and are they in alignment with that or not? And that to me is self-care because if you start yeah. there, everything, because yeah. every area of your life finances, you know, your, how you treat your body, everything you, can be filtered through that lens. Well, it's interesting. We just did a little workshop within, you know, our community. Every month we do sort of a a little workshop that we offer just free to anybody who wants to come. Uh, if you want to know about it, you can go to my website and we'll we'll have the data on there for it when our next one's coming up. But we just did one on self-care, which is why we're talking about this today. But we use some analogies of what does self-care, what do we think self-care looks like? And so we use some ideas, you know, eating organic food is really, that's, that is a good self-care thing that you can do. However, if you're spending money on this organic food and you're preparing this organic food and then you're eating it during rush hour or you're, you know, having a fight with somebody is, is the, 
is the self-care of that organic food really doing? Because whatever your mind is thinking about is really overriding what you're putting in your body. So, absolutely, you know, or you lay down to get a massage and you're worried about the, how much it costs and, you know, what's that person going to do with all the money? Are the, Am I really getting the massage of my dreams? Or, you know, really, are you allowing self-care to come in? Or are you allowing your dominating thought to not support you? Through yeah, the whole exa- oh, yeah. so critical. Just because you were doing those things, the state yep. of mind that you're in when you're doing those yep. things, if it's not in alignment, yep. it's it's worthless. Exactly. It's really interesting. A friend of mine who was really struggling with her weight to the point where she decided to go get, you know, her st- stomach, you know, stapled. Mm-hmm. Um, she went in there with a state of mind that really was not good. And I can tell you, she didn't lose any any weight whatsoever, like wow. oh, like 400 pounds and didn't lose any weight. How is that possible? And she ended up stretching out her stomach because <gasps> the mindset. And so it, she ends up having lots of health issues today because of the idea. And I even think they had to replace parts of her stomach anyway. Um, but wow. the thing is, is that the mindset never changed. This was several years ago before they knew yeah. to look at the mindset of it. They were just doing the mechanical part of it, but they didn't work with the sub the subconscious mind of getting her to have this new identity. And it's interesting, um, as I sort of had, a, I've had lots of lessons as I've been working toward my ideal self, my athletic self, as you, as you like to call it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've, I've been walking every morning and I've been learning lessons on the hill. I feel like I should write a book about this because all yeah. these little lessons that I'm learning from the hill are really lessons that you're going to learn in life with self-care. Mm-hmm. And anyhow, one of the lessons is I was talking with my husband because the night before, you know, you, you have family that comes in, which it's, you know, it's so lovely to see family, but, um, however, I shouldn't say, but however, uh, Matt made this beautiful meal for all of us. And, you know, it was his father that passed and, but he was serving his family. And then the habit of, you know, we're mourning and the habit of, um, family coming together he ended up buying all of these things for the funeral, like cookies and pastries and everything. And we got them out and everybody's eating all of the sugar. And I just watched my father-in-law eat so much sugar that really it, he had dementia, but really it was from um, really, they are seeing now that it's like type three diabetes is what it is. Oh, wow. Is what, is what dementia is, is that, um, Anyway, and my father-in-law, all he ate in the end was ice cream. He didn't want anything else. We couldn't get him to eat anything else. We tried everything, but he was, his mind was not going to change from this idea. He would rather go without eating than, than um, eat anything else. All he wanted was ice cream. And so we talked to our doctors about it and they said, look, this is not going to change. So just give him what he wants. And so, you know, the, the, you can't experience, you can't experience what you are unable to express. And so, all he could express for himself was that that's what supported him in the end. And that was not really the healthy thing for him at that point. And I started, this has really been on my mindset about self care. And so this morning, my husband and I, we went on the walk and I said to him, because he is such a caregiver. So he spent probably $200 or more 
on desserty things. And man, everyone was sitting there afterwards talking and laughing and everything and eating the sugar, which there's nothing wrong with that. That was beautiful, but not eating the sugar part. But I was sitting there thinking, this is the very thing, this this habit of doing this. Sugar's not bad. It's just how I think sometimes how we use it. And mm. so <clears throat> I was, I just, I stayed there and listened and watched. And finally I went outside and I thought, it doesn't matter with everyone else. What matters is me. I want to have self-care. And in my home at this moment is something that I have a big feeling about right now for myself. Yes. And so we went on our walk this morning and I asked my husband, what's important to us right now? Because we've really started on our health journey. And he said, you know, I want to be able to be active and I want to be able to do things. And I said, yeah. And what do you think stops that? You know, because I'm trying to get to this point of this was a big <laughs> paradigm. We broke here. Anyway. <laughs> He was saying, you know, well, I just think we have to plan it out and be disciplined about it. You know, and he was saying all the things that we normally do. And, we and normally I, do, yeah. I just broke down and started crying. And I said, you are such a caretaker, but this is not our habit. And I don't want this habit anymore that we caretake with sugar. Like, I don't, I don't want that. That wasn't healthy for you and I. And people came here to support us and help us. And yet we did this for them. And that wasn't supportive to us. Yeah. And that oh, is super, so yeah, it's, and it's super selfish. Yeah. It's yeah. selfish for us to say, this is not healthy for me. And I said, not one person that was here would lose an arm or a leg or, you know, drown themselves in the river because we didn't have a cookie for <laughs> three or four days. You know, I was like, this yeah. isn't supportive to us any longer. I know in the past, this is how we thought caring for people was but it's not for me now i'm not here to criticize my husband oh my god i no, love no, the man no. but he is such a caretaker but that old idea of caretaking that way and i know i'm going to have people that are really linear they're like there's nothing wrong with putting pastries and cooking you're right oh my no no god, no, no you're right but <laughs> what i'm saying is for right now where i'm at and I don't need the rest of the world to change their ways. But what I'm saying is that in my home right now for Matt and myself. Yes. For me, even if it's for yes. me. And I walked away. I didn't. I walked away. But I, I could see even in my family who I love, who, who say they don't want sugar, they were participating in it as well. There was no reason for us to do that. No, absolutely no way. And I think, um, I think it's really interesting because I think food – and the relationship to food, um, I think that's that's a really excellent place to start. Like if you if you uh, want to understand your unconscious thinking, yep, or your just reaction, I think paying attention to the relationship to food is a really good place to start. Because yeah. I think for me, you know, I I always from when I was a child, right? Like I would I was a compulsive eater. I ate too much. And, you know, I think, I think there was, because I lived in such a restrictive environment, you know, there was a desire for freedom mm -hmm. and expansion always, you know, and that's as soon as I could leave home, I did that. But I built this habit of like, it see, I think that food was the only area where I was, you <laughs> it was, comfort yourself. Yeah. It was limitless, you know, yeah, and so limitless. I could have three helpings at the church potluck and I could have, yeah. you know, and, um, it, it's it's taken me a long time in my life to really 
check in when I'm eating about the feelings of it, slow down my eating, all those things, you know, not that three helpings is bad, all that stuff, you know, um, and then, you know, you, I entered into the whole diet cycle of restriction, which again, didn't support right. that idea of me wanting to expand, you know, it's restricting calories and nothing, you know, all that stuff. I think our relationship with food really reveals um, a lot about unconscious behavior. And then when you start to understand that, you can apply it to other areas of your life. You know, when does your brain switch off and you just have this habit and you don't even think about, is this supporting me right now and where I'm going and what I want to do. And um, so I think it's so fascinating and you're right. Like nothing wrong with having some pastries and things out, but where you are in your journey, if this is your focus and this is what you want for yourself and this is your home, which is your, you know, sacred space. Sacred space yeah. There's nothing yeah. wrong with saying, I don't want sugar in my house. There's plenty of other options. Yeah, everyone could have. Yeah, it didn't. It really doesn't matter. But the thought, it the thing is, is that whatever spiritual idea that you have that you feel that supports you, then there is. We live on three planes. We live on a spiritual plane. We live on an intellectual plane, and we live on a physical plane. And to be able to get what you want is an awareness of the alignment in all three of those places. Yes. You can't have a thought and an intellect and an action all in different things. You're a bag of cats. You're in different vibrations. You'll have chaos in your life. And really alignment is about having integrity with my spiritual thought, my intellectual idea, and then I physically am compelled to do that. And so it is, um, it it, it is just such a, a, a moment in time where you, it was an opportunity for us to practice this idea in our life and become aware of the chaos we allow to come in because we think we're supporting other people and we'll deny ourselves for the other person. And that's not really self care. Now, and I'm I not a. Think, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say the, the other aspect of it for me, because I talk about this, it's always the ability to pause and have space to realign, check in, you know, and again, I'm saying because of our online, you know, content, we're conditioned to click, we're very reactive, we've gotten more just reactive on things, right? Right. And I think, I think all of this requires giving yourself space, more space than you've ever had, you know, slow the F down, and just be like, you know, Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give you just another example of um, we offered this workshop for self-care. And this is not to be critical. So if somebody's listening that, you know, this is just an idea that I really want to help that, you know, you want to get in alignment where your yes is yes. So I'll, I'll give you an example. We had this workshop and Anyhow, we, we put it together and we attracted into people wanting to come. We had 100, 115. This is our first mm-hmm. time doing it. So we're learning some things. We had 115 people sign up for the event, which was great. Mm-hmm. You know, our first time doing it, we, we really haven't worked out all the invite strategies and everything. This is our first time doing it. We had 115 people sign up. And great. Yeah. the first thing that happened was people say, said, I send up, but I'm not able to attend. Can <laughs> I get the replay? <laughs> and so my team came back and said, you know, da, 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 da. And I said, this is so ironic that 
people want self-care, but want they'll self-care, do it. But they're like, I can't do it right now. And the replay. Yeah. We are a replay <laughs> culture now. We, we are so bombarded. And, and so I, I sort of had this talk with my team and my team was like, but we're here to serve people. And I said, yes, but the best service that we can give is to help them show up for themselves when it's, when it works for them, not when they should do it. But, and I understand our offering it interrupted their flow in life. I understand that. We were a pattern disrupt. We were the disruptor. People were going in flow in life and we offered this idea and we disrupted their life. That is true. That's going to happen to you all the time. All the time. When you're interested in something and you want to fit it in, then you want to be able to say, I'm going to involve myself in this idea. So out of 115 people that registered, I think we had something like uh, 65 people come. So that, you know, that was really interesting to me. Um, Those are really good odds. So I just, I do have to say, I'm very proud of our team for doing things to remind people and get them there. But what, what happened is, is that, um, for some reason, which I know what the reason is, unconsciously, I I forgot to push record. It wasn't programmed (laughs) in our Zoom meeting. And so in the middle of it, someone said, oh my gosh, we didn't record it. We're not recording. And so they pushed record, one of the co-hosts that I had on there, pushed record and it didn't record in the cloud, it recorded on their computer. So then we had to go through <laughs> all of these extra things. And really what we're here to do is help them have a conversation, the people that showed up. So now we're yes. on there, you know, trying to figure all this out. And I was thinking about this idea, order is heaven's first law. And, you know, we want to work on that. But I had a feeling about self-care. And anyhow, when she pushed the button to record it, come, it popped up while I was speaking. And I, I said, oh my word, I forgot to push record. I said, we'll talk about that in a minute. But I talked about in self-care, how many of you are on a replay in your life where you just say, I'll watch it, I'll watch the replay. And we don't know in the moment to say, oh my God, this is what's needed. Instead, we have this dominating habit is this is what's going to run my life. And not yeah. that. So I got this feedback from somebody that said, I really wanted to come to your event. However, I was working and I couldn't get off. And I said, I understand that. How often in your life do you say, I can't do this because I'm working? Yes. And that is a choice that you've made in, in, and this, this is where it gets really tricky with people and people will get really red faced and upset about this. But the cause and effect of you receiving income doesn't come from that job. It's one idea. Yeah. But if it's disrupting yeah. your life, you may want to take a look at that and say, what would happen if I could find something that's better suited to my life? Now, is coming to an event enough to have you let go of your job? <laughs> no, no, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, is that Whenever there's something that we want and we have a disruption that says, I can't do it because, and you're not able to join life, I can't do it because my spouse doesn't like to do it. I can't do it because I don't have enough money. I can't do it because of this. If you start listening to yourself, then you'll start saying, wait, am I really giving myself the self-care that when I'm interested in something, I I have to put dismiss it, off. Yeah. it because of something 
I don't go to the beach because I feel this way about my body. Yeah. I don't go for, um, I don't go to the gym because I feel this way about myself and how other yeah. people will think about me. This is where the self care starts coming in. I, I can't, I will say to people, they'll say, I can't come to your event or I can't come to this thing because I'm at work. And I said, well, what would happen if you went to your boss and you said, hey, I would really like to do this for self-care. Could I take an hour out to do it? And I said, could you try that? And you know what's so interesting? They'll try it and their their boss will say, oh my gosh, yeah, that's fabulous. Go do well, it. Because, I mean, <laughs> because companies are supposed to support, you know, work-life balance and self-care. And it's it's having the, I mean, it would take a real monster of a boss to be like, nope, I don't want you to better yourself. You know, I mean, yeah. they're out there. Trust me. <laughs> and if, if that's your situation, you know, yeah. there's, there's other things. But yeah, I, th I think, um, you know, it's where you put, it's where you put your attention. And um, I've been reading this book called 4,000 Weeks. And essentially, um, this guy says, really, in an average lifespan, <laughs> you have 4,000 weeks, which is a terrifying concept, you know. Wow. And so he said he's gone through this whole thing of like, most of us, you know, we're trying to fit all this stuff in. And it's the same thing. It's coming down to like, oh, I just need to manage my time better. I just need to manage my schedule. And he goes, newsflash, you are no. not going to be able to do everything that you think you are going to be able to do. So stop trying. First of all, stop trying. Just stop, you know. Yeah. And, you know, don't try to answer every email because if you're the person that cleaned your inbox, you're just going to get more email because they're like, oh, this person responds. I'm going to make sure I email this person, yeah. which is exactly right. I, I have been that person. And so, you know, it is very much a book about like, where are, where are you going to put your attention for those 4,000 weeks that you're alive. And if you think about it in those terms, I think people's priorities would dramatically shift, you know, mm -hmm. if, if, because do you want to, do you want to spend your life being the person that cleaned their inbox? You know, I mean, yeah. Congratulations. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I had a, I had somebody, I wouldn't even say a friend, but an acquaintance. And she was somebody, well, I'll say this. We were in a network marketing company together. There we go. We'll just be honest about it. And um, anyway, uh, she would be considered what would be an upline to me. And anyhow, right. she would text me and I would be, you know, I had a restaurant at the time and I was running my restaurant and doing all kinds of things. And she would get really upset that I didn't text her back right away. Right. And I finally just said to her, you have interrupted my life. What you think at the moment is irrelevant to what's going on in my life. And I don't have to text you back. Yes. Like, I don't Perfect. have to do that. Well, I'm your upline. I don't give a flying <laughs> flip who you are. You're not a request in my life. And I don't care. Like, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. And it was just one of those moments in my life w before I was doing the work where I really realized I let other people's energy disrupt me and I'm yeah. not going to do that any longer. I have a family and a business that I'm taking care of. Yes, this business is a, you know, a side hustle. Everybody called it. Why would I want to hustle in my life? I'm already hustling over here. Yeah. Why do I need another yeah. one? And yeah. we just, we say things without thinking. We do things without thinking. And man, this was just a really big thing for her. If I can't, essentially, I said, essentially what you're saying is that if I can't control you when I want to control you, that really upsets me. And you need to know that. Well, thank <laughs> you, Karen. 
You know, I just, <laughs> I figured out Karen before Karen happened. Before Karen, you, you were an early adopter, Karen. I was an early adopter of Karen's. <laughs> and I went, oh, well, bless your little heart, Karen. You may need to find someone else to boss around, but I am not your deal right now. Good for you. I'm not in harmony yeah, with that. But yeah. I can tell you, there are so many things that are disruptive that we don't even know who we are. When I work with people, this is, this is the most profound thing to me. When I work with people, the first thing I'll say to them is, what do you want to do in the world? What do you want? Yeah. And they'll say, I want to help people. That's the first thing yeah. people will say. I want to help people, which I've learned over the years. That means they want, they wanted help in their life and they didn't get it. And therefore they want to help someone else get what they didn't get. Yeah. Essentially, that's really the psychological thing that's happening. And we're meant to expand and support people. We're meant for expansion and full expression. And so if this idea, I want to help people, and what I start realizing as it unfolds and as we start working on what they would love to do in their vision, they really are in the habit of, if I can't control this, then I'm not helping. Yeah. And they find out the world doesn't respond to them to want to control people. So they really aren't helping people. They just want to, you know, they want to be dictators in the world. And they're very frustrated that they can't dictate into the world how it should be. And yeah. when we dig down in, we find out that the shoulding is they don't even have a concept of self yet, of self-care. No, that's right. And so this right. question of self-care for me comes from this thing that when we start working with them, the first thing I'll say is, I think it's fabulous that you want to help people. Let's start first with helping you. Yes. And when we start doing that and they start finding ways that support them without interrupting other people's energy and they attract it and then they learn to sustain it. That is where self-care is. The universe has a way for you to get all your needs met without the disturbance of making someone else wrong in order for you to get that. And we do, we, I find most of us, we come in and we want to help people because we want to control what other people are doing. So our needs will get met. Let me tell you, this isn't intellectually on the, it's on the intellectual down low. Like you don't know that's what's happening. I didn't know that was happening, but as I begin to work with people, I realize that the gifts that they want to give, the true light that, that they want to give the world is absolutely right. The way they go about it is not in self-care. It's in, it's in disruptive energy. And I was talking with my reading group this morning and I was saying, as a parent right now, I realized mm. I disrupted the masculine and feminine for my children, for mm -hmm. them to be able to think. I disrupted it. And yes, some of it was for protection and love and everything, but a big dominating thing was I wanted to control them to think the way I think yeah. because I was not aware of it because I was taught that way from my parents who weren't yeah. aware of it. So I was just yeah. transmuting it. And what I'm realizing, which I think this is what grandparents realize and we're starting to learn to articulate is, I don't think that was healthy. And so they start mm. listening to the grandchildren and they start saying, you can do it. You can mm. do it. I think we learned the lessons, but what would happen if we could figure that out 
before we have children. What would oh, happen if we friend. could? Imagine, yeah. yeah. I said yeah. Um, on the reading group, I said, I don't think I left my children's conscious and subconscious mind attached in what they want. They're more, they care more about what I think about them than what they think of themselves. And I'm trying to undo that. I, I, well, one, I had to forgive myself. Yes. And all I can do is when my children come to me for advice is I try and emulate what they want rather than what I think they should do. Yeah. I try and do that. And I, I, I apologize, even though I don't need to do that. I'm doing it more for myself. I will tell them you're so strong. You're so wise in what you want and what you see in the world that what I think of it doesn't matter, but what you think absolutely does matter. And so trying to put that intact, can we leave people with an impression of their masculine and feminine thought and add to it and not disrupt it? That's a, that's a habit of self-care, a habit for ourselves. Can I notice when someone has a masculine energy and a feminine idea, am I helping them go into the closet of their mind and and solve it? Or am I disrupting telling them what they should do? Yeah. That so to me is the highest form of self-care is learning to do it for yourself and then supporting another person in their idea of putting it together and then letting them hear the feedback themselves and learning yes. to interpret, is that what you wanted? Is that what you wanted to see in the world? Okay, what else would you love to see then? And it's not about you telling them what to do, but letting them discover and build that self-identity themselves rather than telling them, if you want to do this, this is what you should do. And that's what most of the coaching is happening in the world right now. We're not really freeing oh, yeah. people. We're really imprisoning them in our own yes. prison. <laughs> Well, it's just supporting that idea of, I don't know what to do for myself. I'm constantly looking outside myself for the answers from someone else. And if I do what they say, you know, I'm going to get the same success in my own life. And I, and I think, again, it's, it's, it's just moving us further and further away from the ability to check in to our own wisdom, which we all have. Only, only I know what I want for myself. You know, why yeah. am I looking for someone else to tell me how to do it or, you know, it's, it's just, um, it's just not, it's, it's just perpetuating mm. the unconsciousness of knowing what you want and how to get there. Yeah. It's so interesting. The idea of self-care when I, like, I didn't talk this deeply about it on my little workshop that I did, but you know, we talked about what do we normally think self-care is. You know, normally we think, you know, self-care is, you know, I get massages, I get my fingernails done, you know, I yeah. read a book, I do yoga, you know, all of those things. And yet we're really suppressed in our dream state of what we want. And we don't even know how to dream, really. Uh, we're so afraid because we've had so much disruptive energy. I've gotten to the point with food, especially as I've been searching what's the best thing. And I've been asking, you know, everyone, well, what do you think? And what do you think? And what do you think that I've gotten to the point I'm afraid to eat or drink water right now, like terrified, <laughs> absolutely freaking terrified. And, and I finally had to check in with myself and say, what do I want? <laughs> and yes. then, 
you know, I mean, I, I think I've done everything but ask myself what I want. I've asked everybody. And, and it's to have people that are being successful to say, instead of asking them what they do, ask them, how do they feel? Or what do they think about while they're doing this? Oh, my gosh. I had, um, so I did a gig on Wednesday night, and um, two very good friends of ours uh, came, and we ended up coming back here for, you know, a a bit of a post-gig hangout. And we were having this exact discussion, and and one of these friends of mine is, um, like, A-type squared, personality, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and very much like, go, 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 like, Oh, I know. Crazy, you know, and I was trying, I was trying to get to this exact idea of checking in with what you want. And he, he had no way of articulating it or even like, cause every time I asked him, um, first of all, there was no pause, you know, there was no thought and it was just a reaction. And it was, it was that same, well, you know, I want to blah, 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 you know, and it was, I'm, I'm not going to say specifically, but it was, it was in line with like, what we're being told we should be doing and what we, what we should be working towards. And I know for a fact, that's not what he wants. I know that. I don't know what he wants, but I know that that's not it. (laughs) But to even get through to him, to even pause long enough to ask that question, he didn't get it, you know? And I mean, I will persist to see if, you know, but that's the first thing is that some people don't even know that what they're doing is not what they want takes yeah. a long time to even go like, yeah, you're right. This isn't what I want. It took That's me the first my, huge thing. Yeah, yeah. It took me over three months to figure out when I got asked that question, what do you want? And yeah. I, I remember <laughs> I was actually doing a program with Bob Proctor. And <laughs> the question was, what do you want? And I, I had to, you know, ask the coach, I, first of all, I don't even, what do you mean? What do I want? She said, well, why don't you think about what kind of house you would like to live in? And I was like, I don't know. Should I have it in the woods? Should I have it on the ocean? Should I have it in a lake? I, she was like, I don't care where you want to live. Where do you want? <laughs> I don't know. Why are you asking me? <laughs> but I was so lost with myself that I didn't even know how to ask myself, what do I want? And it took me a while to figure out what I want. And um, I finally could not think so big. I had to just think in my house right now, what would I love? I had to start with where I was at with what I've got. I couldn't think beyond that. And it was, I wanted to have coffee with my husband on a Tuesday. I know that sounds really strange, but we had had a restaurant and a coffee bar where having coffee at seven o'clock on a Tuesday was impossible. So that felt impossible to me. And, um, you know, two months later, I figured out a way to do that where I turned my annual income into a monthly income. And that was in 2016. By 2017, I retired my husband and we sold both of our businesses. And now we have coffee whenever we want however we want and it's not at first it was just on the i it was in our backyard at our other house and i still i still have that house because in that house if you saw pictures of it in that house is where i built the mindset to be a millionaire in that in that house i became a millionaire in that house which allowed me to become 
to live in a, a million dollar house now. Yeah. But I didn't become a millionaire here. I became a millionaire over there where I began with the simple idea of telling myself it's okay for me to have a cup of coffee on a Tuesday and yeah. the universe has a way for me to do it. Yeah. Something as simple as that, just asking, can I have coffee with my husband and read a book at seven o'clock on Tuesday? Yeah. And that was self-care to design mm -hmm. my entire life around that idea of freedom. That was what freedom at the moment meant to me. Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, so now I'm at a point where we want to have coffee and we don't need a pastry with it or we don't need, you know, <laughs> yeah. sugar with it now. No, yeah. I, but I'm just saying that the evolution of a thought, a dominating thought, starts with something really simple. It doesn't have to be huge and overt and, and big. It just can start with a simple idea. That is self-care. If you really understand what 7 o'clock having coffee with my husband was about, it was really freedom freedom mm -hmm. to allow myself to do it differently and mm -hmm. that energy became that <clears throat> that vibration in me became a geometric progression in myself that i carried with everything that i did to the point that you're making sacred geometry in your life where it's now that energy is dominating most everything you do so when you're walking up the hill you start with those those feelings or those thoughts. What would I love? Most people can't even answer the question, what would I love? I, I, the, I met a gentleman, um, long story, but I'll shorten it up as much as I can. He and his wife were married. There was an event that happened, uh, and I was supposed to meet with him. And anyhow, we didn't, we didn't connect. I went away. And while I was away for a couple of months, and I came back to do a meeting with him, his wife was killed in a car accident. Oh, wow. And his whole life was flipped upside down. And so I didn't know that that happened. I saw him and I said, Hey, let's get together and, you know, talk. I'd heard his wife was in an accident. I said, Oh, my word. And I heard you, you had intuition and went and looked for her. And he said, it was very quite traumatic. And he said, Yeah. And I said, How is she? And he said, She died. <sighs> so she had surgery. And, and two weeks later, she died of a blood clot. And I was and of course, that wasn't in the paper. And so I was like, Oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I said, you know, I I said, I would be happy to still meet if that would work for you. And he was like, yeah, whatever. And we sat down and the first question I asked him was, tell me what happened and then what do you want now? And he was like, what do you mean what do I want? What I wanted is gone. Ooh. And I said, and what do you want now? Ooh. And he was like, I, he, he didn't ask himself that question in over 30 years. What do I want? And so I ended up having to leave on another trip and I just gave him a, a book to read and it was, you know, the art, the art of success. And he ended up reading it. And while I was gone, he ended up asking himself what he wanted and he wanted to show me, he said, I wanted a truck. I know that sounds really silly, but that's what I wanted right now with what I had. And he said, I could never get the truck that I wanted. And this was the truck that I wanted. And yes. so he said, I want to talk to you about what does want mean? Like, I, I don't, it's so foreign to me. And I remember he was working from a need and not a want. And so he would dismiss a want because I don't need that. 
And so yeah. to have the conversation of want allows you to expand. And this is self-care. Self-care is asking yourself, what do I want? And then recognizing it in another, when another says, what, when you say to another, what do you want? And if I can help mm. you get that, mm. I, I will. That's what, yeah. that's what helping that's, people is about. Not telling them, well, yeah. you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't spend that money. <laughs> you know, you should wait a whole year after your wife died before you spend any money. You don't or need that. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whatever. Within, a, within less than a year or about a year's time, I think, maybe a year and a half, he was remarried to someone. And he was very, very happy. And I'm so happy and grateful and thankful for him to get him past the shooting of life because well, uh, imagine he could have lived out the rest of his life in mourning miserable. and miserable just yeah. like and feeling like you know he couldn't move on because of this or that um you know because again you know some people uh we have this my dad was a bit that way, you know, when, when mom was in the care center for ages, you know, he went down twice a day to feed her. And in the end, after he died, that was what everybody told me that he was such an amazing man because he went and fed my mom twice a day at the care center. You know, that was what made him so amazing. And he was devoted to God, you know? And I'm like, is that really what he wanted to do? And what would have happened? You know, they had staff there. If he, if he had taken, some time out for himself. You know, he said he wanted to come visit me in New Zealand and he never did because he said, Oh, I can't leave my wife. Um, and I just think to myself, cause he, I witnessed some real bouts of anger from him that I had never seen towards the end. And I, I couldn't help but feel that that's not what he wanted to do. It's not what but he, wanted. he felt like, this is what I signed up for. This was I my commitment. Do. This is what mm-hmm. I should do, you know. And I thought, well, how he never, he never once did something I think that he wanted to do, you know. I remember I, you know, I wanted to learn how to ski. And um, he had skied, you know, one time, I think, in Europe or something when he was over there. And he said, well, I'm not going to spend money on, um, he goes, only you and I would be interested in skiing. And he goes, it's expensive. And I'm not going to spend money on something that only half the family will do. If we're going to do stuff, we're all going to do it, you know. So <laughs> I'm like, but I don't um, want that. But you yay. need it. <laughs> yeah. And so, and, and I just felt like he had a lot of, I feel he had a lot of suppressed anger there at the end, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we're, we're coming up on an hour here, but I feel like, um, I think for anyone out there who still doesn't know how to ask the question or what you want, I think that point of, you know, starting really super small, like what, what seems impossible to you that irritates you in, in your daily life that like, you know, if I could just do this one thing, you know, and then expand, keep expanding that idea. You don't have to go straight to, I want a $5 million house. I want, you know, because that, that leap is too big when you start, which is why I think a lot of people don't get there because it's too big for them. They think it's impossible. And so they don't do the steps to bring the energy to get there. And so I think, you know, if you're, if you're not in the practice of doing this, starting very small, I think is, is a really good way 
to do the self-care. There's a little bit of a, I know this might be a little bit controversial because I am very pro-marriage. I just, I want to say this. I've been married for 33 years and I'm very pro-marriage. I, mm -hmm. But I understand when the agreement doesn't work as well. Mm -hmm. I, I do understand that. And I've been very fortunate that through crying, fighting, fetal position, we've still <laughs> said to one another, what do you want? Um, I really have an amazing spouse for that reason. You know, what do you want? And we try and do our best to help each other get what we want. But um, when I work with women, one of the first things that they'll talk about, especially if they're married, and I'll ask them what they want. And one of the first things that it sort of comes down to is even just getting their own bank account. Right. And, or having their own credit in today's age. Which is nuts. So in today's nuts. age, really, there are so many of us that um, don't have our own bank accounts. And, you know, I can't do that. I would be betraying my husband. And it's like, well, you have a cause and effect in your relationship and you can have accounts together for sure. But you also can have accounts where you are creating your own cause and effect. And this idea of dominating what everyone's doing, you know, like even, you know, I understand privacy. Privacy is, uh, privacy is a choice or a right. Um, but if you're taking care of somebody and you're responsible for someone, and so we have this thing that people are responsible for us and they're not, you're responsible for you. And a child, yes, you're responsible for a child, but then there comes a time where you have to break away and know that you're responsible. The three things that I teach people are, are what I call the foundations. And the foundation is your ability to make a decision without being influenced by others. And two, being able to be persistent towards your ideal or your goal. And the third is to take responsibility for those decisions. And I can tell you this, people are terrified to make decisions. They aren't persistent in it because they have an interruptive idea from someone else. And they're terrified to take responsibility for themselves. And so they wonder why they're suppressed in their life. And it just starts with doing small things in a big way every day. It doesn't start by, you know, doing a huge thing, but it's just doing a small thing. And yes, I had to work out things with Matt when I decided, no, I, I want to be able to put my money this way. I, I had, I was creating it and I had to figure it out. You know, we went from 5,000 a month to 50,000 a month. And it was because of the cause and effect that I was doing. And so, you know, he looked at it and he was like, yeah, I don't feel right about telling you what you should be doing with the 50,000. What do you want to do? And there were times where I had to say, I don't know what I should be doing with that money. And, and other times I had to say, listen, this is a cause and effect and this is a direction that I feel I want to go in. And he would say, well, I think that's right then for you. And then there were other times he was like, we don't do our life this way. And I would say, yeah, I would like to experience it different. And so we had to work that out constantly yeah. in that masculine and feminine energy. And then in also in my own masculine and feminine energy within self. So there's layers yeah. of masculine and feminine energy. You have it within yourself. You can have it in partnership with another person. You can have it in partnership with lots of different things. 
sometimes even with you and I, I can be the masculine energy, you'll be the feminine energy. And there's times you're the masculine, I'm the feminine. You have to know how to switch to support one another. Yes. We don't know that. Some of us have been in the feminine energy way too long, and some of us have been in the masculine role way too long, and we don't know how to live in both. And that's yeah. self-care, is learning yes. how to care for yourself in those ideas. These are very deep ideas, but if you if you, really you would are. love support in the spiritual in the spiritual idea of it, it really is a spiritual practice. Then mm -hmm. you know what? You can you can go to our website. It's angietumlinson.com. I'll put the link in the show notes. <laughs> and, and we'll have a conversation about it. And if there's a way I can help you, I will. If not, I, I'm, I'm okay with that as well. But if there is, you know, book a call. And all we can do is just chat about it. That's right. And I think, um, I mean, my gosh, even through the episodes in the podcast, there's so many nuggets of wisdom. You know, mm -hmm. I... Uh, I feel there's so much inspiring information that you're giving out here. And I would encourage anyone. Angie is amazing. Absolutely. Mm, thank work you. Work with you or investigate at least. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we'll leave it there for today. Thank you so much. Um, and we'll talk to you next time. All right. Take care. Take care. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Elevated Insights. If you are interested in working with Angie Tumlinson, go to our website at angietumlinson.com. Here you can book a call, join her free webinar, or find out more information about the services that Angie provides. 